Welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast with Paul Fagan and Jody Fisher. This is the podcast for all dads who want to succeed with life's topics, especially related to family and finances. Now here's my dad, Paul Fagan. Hey Jody, how you doing? Hello Paul, how are you? Um, I'm doing well. Still doing fantastic. Uh, it's been a... <laughs> I hear the hesitation in your voice there. This has been a weird week. Yeah, well I gotta say... Jody, we we've done, and just for everyone out there, we do. Uh, we don't. We try not to wing it when it comes to the podcasts. Um, if you listen to the first three of them, eh, yeah, we did. Uh, but we we have a rhythm that Jody and I have in terms of putting our thoughts together, putting our notes together. So we want to have some semblance of order and some semblance of what we're going to talk about before we talk about it on the podcast. And and even though our, our, our audience is small, we're grateful for our audience, and we try to be as prepared as possible. Um, but this week, Jody, man, I looked. You you put a lot of notes into our shared document. I got to say. <laughs> I have I, many I, thoughts I am, this I week. I said I cannot be late for this podcast because Jody is ready to go, and <laughs> and I thought um, that I was um, prepared. But, man, I, I, I love what you put in, and so we're going to just jump right in, right? So the topic, of course, of course life in the age of coronavirus, how to prepare for life financially. Uh, but first, let's talk about some news we saw this week. So the two-story headlines that we picked are fitting for the climate that we're in. The first one is from Fool.com, and it talks about um, coronavirus and your finances, how to react. And it had a lot of good things in here. Don't sell your investments out of fear. Uh, don't overbuy items and prep. Although when you go to the grocery stores, at least where I am, man, people are not adhering to that rule. Um, put some emergency plans in place. Take advantage of low interest rates, which is an odd thing to talk about, but maybe there's something there to it. I guess if you want to take advantage of the crisis, you could refor- you could uh, refinance your mortgage. Um, boost your emergency fund, which quite frankly, I don't know how you do that if if, if people are asked to stay home and and people out there that have jobs that you know that that don't allow them to take off from work. I don't know how you boost at this at this time. I think, in fact, you have to tap into that emergency fund a little bit. Um, keep some cash on hand, um, and and look for opportunities to cut those expenses. And then just hopefully remember that this will pass. So, Jody, what was your take on this article? I think it's a worthwhile article to have written and put down. You know, on our on our screens here this week. Um, some really good advice in here. I kind of scratched my head too at the refinancing mortgage piece, but I guess if you've got some time on your hands this week and you're home from work or whatever, and you want to look into refinancing your, your horrible mortgage rate, okay, have at it. Yeah. And, and I think that the second story, which is from Forbes.com, uh, what coronavirus means for your money, it's really along the same lines. And the thing that keeps jumping out at me that I want to talk about is um, it talks about in both articles, it references your stock portfolio. And and, and the one analogy that, that people I've heard say in the past is the only people who get hurt on a roller coaster are the people that jump off mid-ride. Um, meaning you're going to have the ups and downs of the stock market, your retirement fund. And I believe it was Dave Ramsey that usually says that uh, little bit of information. But I've heard too many stories after 9-11, after other major world issues where the sky is falling. People liquidate their portfolio of stocks. Say, I'm out of it. They sell at the absolute low. And within a year or less or maybe a little bit more, the portfolio would have climbed back to where it was. So historically, the stock market bounces back. It's resilient. 
Um, it's going in the direction of public sentiment. And I really do think that uh, this week was no was no was no exception, right? We had drops of two thousand points, then up fifteen hundred points, then down two thousand points. So overall, it's down. But as we get further and further along, and and hopefully get out of this uh, crisis that we're in, we should be okay. So I, I do really insist that people should make sure that they're keeping track of of of, of looking at their portfolio, but don't. Don't touch it if you can. Um, Jody, what were your thoughts on this article? Fully agreed, yeah. And you can read the article posted on our Facebook page. Um, you know, lots of people will probably have a little extra time on their hands this week. Um, you know, in this modified work schedule world that we're, we're, uh, we're entering or we're in now. So uh, check this one out and uh, use some of those tips that they provide. Yep, absolutely. And I think that the other thing that jumped out at me was both articles talk about bolstering or starting an emergency fund and and i gotta be honest with you jody um i i don't know if it's the time to do that um i don't know how you would do that first of all if, if your income is going to be affected and and second of all i think there's other expenses that may come into play so i i kind of disagree with with those parts of the article i think i would say that don't spend money unnecessarily and try to conserve your money but to sit there and try to squirrel away money at this point i i don't know how much value it's going to be if if you have to live on that money right yeah in whatever I, situation you're in i agree i think this is the week to say to be saying thank goodness i have an emergency fund uh thank goodness that i have some money that i can tap into if you're lucky enough to have smart enough to have done that historically um because yeah this is the week um you know and we're, and we're not talking about stocking up on toilet paper we're talking about all the expenses of life, uh, uh, and this is the week that I think you're going to have to tap into some of that cash just to pay for things that, you know, wouldn't normally come up. And we're going to get into those in the podcast. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that we have so many things going on that we could talk about today. It's going to get very interesting. All the different pieces that we have going on, and so you know, I think I'm just going to jump into it. Um, you know, I, I think what a difference. Um, a day a week makes what a difference a day made um, last week the stores were fine this week i stopped in the grocery store before going to the gym and um and there's there's barely anything left on the shelves yesterday i spent an inordinate amount of money on uh, groceries the mo the biggest bill i ever had because it was sort of like a frenzy uh, a controlled frenzy uh, wasn't like a walmart on black friday but it was pretty frenzied right a lot of things not on the shelves so i i fell into the rhythm of of trying to figure figure things out and so for me um i'm thankful and grateful that i've been able to put away money in the past and and because I have my emergency funds and because I have the way I've structured my life, I think that I'm going to be able to weather this storm. Um, but, you know, it, the, on the personal front, you know, my kids are home, my wife's home, I'm home. We're all working from home. We're all straining the bandwidth of the, of the cable router. But I really do feel extremely lucky because there's so many people out there that do not have this luxury whatsoever. They have jobs. They have to be in the office. They have no emergency fund. I don't know what people are doing, and it's so early right now, but I got to imagine that it's incredibly tough out there, and I don't know what the result is going to be 
you know, two weeks from now, two months from now, two years from now from this, right? So, Jody, what, what are your thoughts when it comes to the, the crises and how your family's prepping? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of thoughts about this. Um, I'm typically not a worrier. You know, I typically try to say that I, I control what I can and I don't worry about the rest. Um, but that said, um, and it's easy to say this now, but I really did see this coming. Uh, it was just a matter of when. Um, and I naturally operate that way. It's how I think about my business. I think about, you know, what the next step in the process is. Um, there were two events earlier this week that told me that we were at critical mass for a full scale shutdown um, and that there was no turning back. One was when the NBA canceled <coughs> their games. Um, and who knew that they would even consider canceling NBA games? Um, it's just something that wasn't, I'm not a huge sports fan, so it wasn't really anything that was on my radar. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't affect my life one bit. It didn't affect my life, but, <laughs> but it was kind of like, wow, the NBA canceled their game. So it's like, when has that ever happened? So that's weird. And the, the writing on the wall for me was when, uh, and this is a very personal experience, when Amazon Fresh groceries went from a one-day to a five-day delivery turnaround time. That said to me that there was a disruption in the supply chain. And you know that Amazon has the trucks to deliver the stuff. What that said was they don't have the stuff. They don't have the things to put inside the trucks. And items kept disappearing out of my wife's online shopping cart. And so I said to her, I'm not panicking but this is the time we go out and we buy some stuff because you stuff didn't, is you didn't go to, to the store. Did you Jody? We did. We did. Wow. Uh, my, <laughs> I'm just my joking. Wife went out. I, I know so many out. friends well, that like, oh, you I guys are, ah, are, yes. are, are doing pantry and I haven't done it. We've talked about this on previous podcasts. I don't know why I haven't done it and sorry for interrupting, uh, no. but I haven't done it. So for me, um, me and my daughter, we, we made uh, a trip yesterday and she was my busy little bee, and and we loaded up as whatever we could. And and the store yesterday was not as bad as the store I had gone to earlier that day in the morning. So the the one grocery store I went to was like decimated. the The yeah. spirit of the store was just broken. Um, and then the when I went in the afternoon, uh, late in the day with my daughter, they had they had a bunch of stuff. So and we loaded up on the common things that we thought we could put away in our basement, cereals and peanut butter and all exactly the stuff, right. pasta, exactly all the stuff right. people have talked about. Uh, but, but it is interesting. But Jody, I cut you off. I'll let you jump back in. But yeah, we made the trip, the physical trip to the store and, and hopefully we're okay from it. So yeah, no, I think, I think we survived too. And my wife did a great job of stocking up on all that stuff. Um, but you know, it was, it was that point where I knew that we had to get ready. And so what I mean by that is we had to prepare for things to get disrupted. Um, and I think if you're a responsible dad, you've got to do that stuff. You've got to be ready for the possibility that food becomes unavailable or that schools and businesses are going to close or that transportation and movement might even be curtailed. Um, you have to get ready to not have access to anything that is outside your home. And that's the, the approach that I took without panic with preparation. <clears throat> so you do what you have to do, right? You buy your food, you refill your prescriptions, you grab yourself a full tank of gas. You know, this is kind of like looking at a weather map and seeing a snowstorm or a hurricane coming. Okay, what happens if we get disrupted for a few days? You've got to prepare, right? I also did things like I made sure that I had my remote login at work, right? And I told my kids, bring home anything you need to bring home from school. It's sort of basic disaster preparedness 101 um, because the the what you want to prepare for is if if you get thrown a curveball, right? And so most likely thing that might happen, nothing, right? 
everything might be fine. It might, might be crazy for a couple days and a run on the grocery store, but everything kind of evens out. And, you know, at, at least we have front loaded all of our shopping into a, uh, from a couple of weeks into one week. And then our budget evens out over the course of the month. So there's really there's no panic involved in here. You're just kind of prepping up front, making sure uh, just in case everything goes south, um, you know, and if every grocery store closes and every gas station closes and every pharmacy closes, we're still ready. That's what you have to do as a dad. Um, and so where are we today? We're exactly where I predicted we would be on Monday. My kids' schools are closed. My wife's school is closed. I'm, my business remains open, but I'm TBD as to where I'm working. Maybe I'll be in the office. Maybe I'll be at home. Um, but we have food, we have medicine, and we have a sound game plan. And I slept really, really well last night knowing that all this stuff was in place and that I had done my job as a dad. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, and and I think that for me, a little elaborating a little bit more on my current situation, I'm going to be working from home and my wife as well till further notice. Our kids are in schools where they've started remote learning programs. So as of Monday, they're going to be remote learning. Um, so they've they've dug deep into there. Um, I've spent an inordinate amount of money and I told myself I wouldn't panic. And I don't know if it's much more. I don't think it was panic. I think it was opportunity. Um, and, and, and maybe it gave me peace of mind. I don't think I was panicked, but I was probably worried. And so when I started seeing everything, I started doing my own runs to the store and I did, you know, my, I did a combination of buying stuff in the store in the last 48 hours. I've placed as many Amazon random orders as I could, uh, for stuff. If I couldn't find toilet paper, I bought tissues, right? Whatever gets the job done, right? So... <laughs> So, you know, I'm in the backyard and grab some leaves. That's right. That's right. Um, and I bought some extra uh, espresso packs and now really first world problems. Espresso packs for my Tassimo machine. Yeah. Throw me off the air for this. Yeah. Yeah. This is, <laughs> this is just elitist talk. But no, once again, thankful and grateful that I can do it. Right. The other thing I did this morning is my wife and I enjoy and I'm going to it's kind of an informal plug. We enjoy the Chicago deep dish pizza place in uh called giordano's and um at the gym i decided to order a six pack of their pizzas now it's kind of over the top you know six pizzas are, are hefty price tag getting them from chicago to new york so you pay you know you pay a decent amount for each pizza dollar cost average but i figure we're not going to go out to dinner for a while right and i wanted something to look forward to so we'll have six nights where me and my wife will just be able to share this pizza and relax and and, and, and kind of enjoy something. So I think for us, um, all the things that I've done in the past, oh God, 10 years, 12 years, 15, maybe all my life, right? Putting money away, paying off the mortgage, all the things we've talked about, I think has prepped me for this moment. I have a generator attached to the house. Like my house is probably one of the most prepared houses in, you know, in the county, right? Like I have a lot of things ready to go. So we got some food in us. We have jobs that we are allowed to work from home without an issue. Our kids are going to be able to remote learn. If there's a power issue, I can lean on my generator. So I think I'm doing okay. And that's how I look at it. So I, And once again, when I go to the grocery store, uh, my life is groomed for this situation. I go, I buy, I don't owe. And that's the key. I don't put it on a credit card, only put it on the credit card just to pay it off at the end of the month, but I know that whatever I buy in the grocery store, to your point, it'll smooth out, right? But I could take $400 for one week, 
put it in there and and have that food put aside. So I think for us, my life lessons learned so far um, is like a good Boy Scout. Be prepared. You need to be prepared. And you need to treat yourself a little bit. And that's why I brought up the, the Giordano's pizza story. But Jody, what are your thoughts when it comes to kind of the way the public, the government, everyone is handling this crisis? Because I know you have a, be- a better viewpoint on this than I do. And for me, um, I know we went back and forth and there's a lot of things. And I think that panic set in. There's a lot of things said. Now things are being retuned and readjusted and, and readdressed. And I think it's going to be an ongoing battle for learning. But what is your take when it comes to handling the the virus and, 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 and dealing with the government and dealing with uh, the, the school system? Anything and anything that comes to your head when it comes to this outside of uh, the financial piece? Look, this is not a time to panic. Panic always makes you make bad decisions. And um, you can see evidence of that all around us right now. So nobody should be panicking. Um, but it's also no time to dismiss good, sound, scientific advice. There's a lot written online about this, and, and we just felt obligated to reiterate some of it. You know, you've got to listen to the CDC on the health piece. You've got to listen to your local Department of Health. You've got to do what they advise. This is simple stuff. Wash your hands. Wash your hands properly. Cough and sneeze into your elbow. Keep people away from people you know who are sick. We all we got to say this too. You got to watch out for the elderly, right? We all have someone in our lives who's older, who may be in their 70s or their 80s or their 90s, or we might have people in our lives who have compromised immune systems or compromised lung lung functions, right? Um, Those are the people who are really at risk here because this virus attacks the lungs. So you've got to watch out for those people and you've got to this this news phrase that we've invented. But it's the truth this social distancing. Right. You've got to keep some distance between you because that's how this virus gets spread. Um, And those people with those compromised immune systems and those compromised lung function, those are the people who are really at risk here. Premature babies, kids with asthma. Um, you know, sickle cell, congenital heart, all that kind of stuff. You've got to be careful. Those people are really at risk. This is really serious for them because, uh, you know, we keep we usually keep politics out of this. But but here's the deal. We've got a president who doesn't believe in science. He lies regularly. He lied on Friday about Google creating a website. He He's more interested in how this makes him look than actually fighting this thing. Um, he 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 said on live TV that he won't take responsibility for this. This is a total abdication of his responsibility as the leader of our country. And and you've got state TV in the form of Fox News who's brainwashing people into thinking that this is a democratic hoax. This is not a hoax. This is not BS. This is real life. People are dying. Look at Italy. You've got 1,200 people dead in Italy because they didn't take this seriously. If we don't take this seriously, it's going to be worse. Um, you know, and, and we've just we've just got to go at this in a in a really sober and serious way. And that means taking the advice of the scientists and the doctors and the health professionals and not listening to the blowhards who won't take responsibility for gutting the CDC and firing all the health professionals three years ago who could have prevented this. Um, so there's my little political rant. Thanks for coming to my TED talk. But the, the main the main thing is don't we, we cannot panic, but we also have to we cannot think of this as business as usual. Um, and just because you might not be sick right now or anybody, you know, isn't sick right now doesn't mean that that's going to change. Um, and I and I saw this written earlier this week online and I thought this was great. 
in terms of how we approach this right now at this moment in time. We need to overreact to this so it doesn't get worse. Um, people like to say, you know, that uh, everyone made a big deal about that thing and it turned out to be nothing. Yeah, the reason it turned out to be nothing is because we made a big deal out of it. Um, we take extraordinary measures to fix something and it gets fixed and fixed fast. So we've got to do the same thing here. And if we buckle down and do this right, we will get through it. Well, Jody, all well said. And, and as, as always, I like to jot down some points, right? So for me, you might have heard the garage door opening or closing in the background. I think that was my I will daughter take going a outside. Glazed, I will take a glazed with sprinkles, please. <laughs> I'm not sure if it was a donut run or it was the basketball. <laughs> but we are authentic. That is one thing for sure. For sure. We are authentic. So, you know, one of the other things that you hit it on the head was um, – around the, the, the government. And, and I have some friends on Facebook that are diehard anti-Governor Cuomo. And those of you that know Governor Cuomo from New York, a lot of the, um, a lot of people for some, whatever reason, they're people that love him, people that hate him. But the people that hate him this week, there are spots in the Facebook feeds where they are, they are praising him for the way he's stepped up and, and handled business. So, um, I thought that was interesting that there are people that are all the way on the other side of him that are now saying, you know what, he's actually doing a pretty good job. I don't know your thoughts on that, Jody. I know we're not political, but uh, I just thought that was an interesting tidbit in terms of uh, people are recognizing that New York is is stepping up and taking somewhat of control. And it's not perfect. None of this is going to be perfect. Because but I you think know what people... the difference is there, Paul? You know what the difference is there, Paul? Aside from political views, it's about honest, credible communication. And you've got two polar opposites, I think, right now this week. And we're going to step away from policy here. And we're just going to talk about the people who are delivering the message. You've got a guy like Governor Cuomo who is delivering unfiltered, honest, credible communication. And you've got a President Trump who is not credible in a single way his entire life, never mind just the time he's been president, his entire life he's been a con man. And so you don't believe a word that comes out of his mouth. So now when it comes to a, to a crisis like this and he stands up and he, and he talks, I mean, never mind the lies that he tells, the blatant bald-faced lies that he tells, um, it, it, even, even when he tells the truth, you don't believe him because you can't because he's never uttered a true word in his life. Yep. I mean, I guess I, I, <laughs> this is where I'm, 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 I'm it's at about a loss. Credibility. Yeah, it's yeah, about no, credibility. Yep, That's and, what it is. It's credibility. And, and people who know me personally, I, I'm, I don't get into politics. So I, 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 my, my opinions are, are very loosey goosey. I try to stay away. And that, that kind of leads me to what I was going to say next is I'm trying to stop watching the news a little bit and kind of tune out. I try to watch it a little bit, but I know people are watching it constantly jody i don't know are you on the tube watching everything going through well or are you i kind of to... have to be because it's my business right Got so it. i i mean i i deal with the news business i deal with the news media in my business so um i have to be tuned in and i was actually very busy i i represent some some healthcare professionals and so this week was a very busy week for us because we were out there um getting those health professionals on the news to share uh, medical information, scientific information, uh, deliver, you know, options and, um, uh, and care possibilities to people. So, so yeah, I'm constantly in, uh, attuned to the news. That said, I do try to filter out some of the BS, <laughs> some of the chatter, let's mm -hmm. say the chatter mm -hmm. that's out there. But, you know, when you, when you tune into a briefing from the president of the United States, 
hoping to get some information on what the federal government is going to do to help stem this crisis and you get a series of lies specifically about Google building a website. Google's not building a website to track coronavirus. There's a great website on John, Johns Hopkins, if you, if you haven't seen it yet, that tracks the global spread. That's terrific. Um, you know, the president brought up a bunch of his corporate friends to do little PSAs for their companies. Um, just an absolute unmitigated disaster. Yep. No, I, I think that a lot of people are nervous and scared. It was visible after he spoke initially this week. Uh, the markets just went to free fall. All kinds of circuit breakers on the markets. Um, so they had to stop trading um, to, to kind of give it a breather. That's how fast things were falling. So, you know, I think that uh, all in all, hopefully we could all begin to move forward and hopefully we'll be able to uh dig a little deeper and get to and get through this crisis together. But let's see how it goes, right? But I think for us, um, a couple of things you hit upon before, Jody, um, the, the, the local pizza shop, the, 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 the local barbers and, and hairstylists, all these people that rely on having people in the public at their place, um, it's going to be tough, right? And I think a lot of these businesses were already on the edge um, in terms of not having enough savings. So it's going to be interesting to see how long this this crisis lasts and how long these businesses will be able to weather those storms um on another note though it was funny i was at the gym this morning and i had a lively conversation with the young lady there and we talked about how many people she has seen not washing their hands after in in the bathroom or coming this week the gym. yeah this, this week, week this week Jeez. this week and and I, it reminded me of a story. I used to work with a gentleman at a job years ago. He kept a uh, a piece of paper underneath his keyboard at work, and he had a list of everybody he caught in the men's room not washing their hands. <laughs> and this is way before Corona. This is way back, right? So I always laugh when I go back to that thought because he would pull out this list and write it, and then he would put it back under his keyboard and, and finally I had to ask him like, what are you doing he said oh yeah that's when I'm in the bathroom I see someone not washing their hands I I don't want to shake their hand I put their name on my list so it was very very interesting Goodness. but but I think the net result is people wash your hands right I mean I think that's the key and and so you know make sure you're washing your hands keeping that hygiene going so I think we'll start jumping into some of the topics and we hit upon a bunch of them but let's it's worth it to kind of go through them methodically because I think they're important um, and they tied a lot to the finances, right? So how do we pay for items in this crisis, right? Cash, savings, credit card, building a budget to pay down the expenses. So for me, like I said earlier, thankful, grateful, I'm able to afford to weather this storm. For those of you that are having a tough time, my opinion, my humble opinion, don't overspend, but don't let finances get in the way of your well-being. So if you need to lean on the credit card and you have a plan to pay that credit card off at the end of this crisis, I think that's okay. Um, buy with the payment to pay this thing in mind at the end. What is your thought when it comes to how do we pay for these items, these emergency items that are coming up? Yeah, I agree. This is the week uh, when you should have an emergency fund. This is this is the emergency, right? Or one of many emergencies you might, it is you might run into. Yep. It is raining, right? 
So this is when you're thankful that you built up an emergency fund. Now, uh, it's great if you can tap into that, and you should. Um, we are, right? And it's, I mean, it's not thousands. You're talking about a couple hundred bucks, right? But it's a couple hundred bucks that's off the budget. Okay, you tap into the emergency fund. That's why it's there. If you don't have one, you got to lean into that credit card, fine. As you're swiping the credit card, not to buy 10 bottles of wine, but to buy food for your kids. Um, you make sure you also develop a plan to pay it off. Um, get that down on paper. If you don't have a written budget, this is the week to sit down and start writing a written or out a written budget that includes building an emergency fund. Um, you know, this is one of these come to Jesus moments where you need to get your act together if it's not together already. Like I said, and this is not boastful, I am thrilled that I have a written budget in place and I know exactly what I can spend, exactly what I'm paying, and everything is just still working like clockwork to the point where we have we, – we're, we're you know, very lucky and, and um, we can afford to have a cleaning crew come into our house every week to, to do some basic cleaning, right? Um, you know, when my wife and I just talked this morning about um, are we going to have the cleaning crew come in on Monday. Um, we decided – that and and this is a this is a mom and pop shop. This is you know a, a, a couple ladies right who come in to clean the house. We decided that we're not going to have them come into the house because we don't want to um, cross pollinate, shall we say, you know any germs or whatever. But we're still going to pay them um, the regular weekly payment because we don't because we figure a whole lot of people are going to cancel on them, and so we're still going to pay them. And the bu money is budgeted, so we're okay to pay them. Um, and we think that that's really important. It's a minor thing, but that's the kind of thing that we're, we're going to be practicing as we go through this. Got it. Got it. I was just still jotting down. Should have not bought 12 bottles of wine. <laughs> uh, no, no, that was very good, Jody. I, I think. Depends on what kind of wine, Paul. Yeah. Depends. <laughs> that's very cool um, that you're taking uh, others into consideration. I think that is genuine, and I think that is so cool. Um, yeah, it, it goes back to. Um, when I went to the store, um, you know, and maybe that leads into some of these other topics, but stocking up on food, how much is too much? What can you afford? Uh, accessing the local food pantries for those who need it. So those are some of our discussion topics. Like I said before, um, we have a, a big shelf in our basement. Uh, once again, thankful, grateful. I'll say that a number of times during this podcast, I'm able to stock it with cereals. I'm able to stock it with some canned goods. Um, I'm reminded of when my first trip to the store, I noticed that a gentleman, and I don't know the backstory, uh, he must have had 43 cans of corn in his shopping cart. And I said, what are you going to do? I'm saying to myself, what are you doing with all that corn? Now, maybe it's for another cause or maybe for, but I'm, I'm picturing the guy stocking 42 cans in his basement. Um, so did he also have 42 rolls of toilet paper? Cause he might need those. No, that's all out. And, and for those of you out there, Google, um, Australian toilet paper fight. Um, you will see, uh, what humanity has come to. It's on YouTube and I won't say anymore, but Google, um, Australian toilet paper fight. And you will see what is transpiring. Um, it's sad. It's very sad. Um, you know, for, for me, I think um, I'm trying to balance it. I'm trying to buy things that I'll, I'll eventually eat that have a long shelf life. All the common things that you think of. Long expiration dates, etc. I know some of it's part of the cost of doing business. And maybe a, a small amount of it might get tossed. But even before this, we 
we have a I'm going back in time, Jody, to one of the first ones. We have a whole podcast just talking about grocery shopping. Yes, we do. And and we talk about this. We talk about buying things in bulk that won't go bad. So if you're going to the store and you're going to buy, you know, uh, 50 pounds of oranges, keep in mind that those are probably going to go bad. Where if you buy, you know, 10 jars of peanut butter, well, over time you'll probably eat it, right? So just be mindful of what you're buying. Stock up. And I don't know if there's... There's probably a, a, a limit on how much, but at least for me, I'm trying to buy at least two weeks out. What's your take on, on, on stocking up on food, Jody? Same thing, you know, and, and I think I described it this way earlier. We're just, we're just front-loading our grocery buying for now to make sure that if there there's a disruption in the supply chain, which there, I think there already is, um, that, that we, don't run, we don't run dry. It's, it's that simple, and it's, I go back to doing our jobs as dads, being prepared. If you have a good game plan, you're you're not going to get surprised. And even when you get thrown a curveball, it'll be all the much easier to recover from it. Yep, that makes sense. And and I think this leads into another topic, unplanned expenses, right? Childcare. What if you have to work, but your kid's school is shut down? Um, do you have someone come to your house? I, I can't even imagine, Jody. I have the perfect storm of of, once again, thankful and grateful for the way my situation is. But I know there's a lot of people out there that are, that are that are have to go to the office. They have to go to work. They have to do these things. They have kids at home that maybe the the kids' schools are closed. Um, and and I know it's a big debate going back and forth. Massive debate, right? Teachers want the schools to be closed. Um, then you have parents that once the kids are home, it, the 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 knockdown effect is gonna be is gonna be insane, right? In terms of if you're if you're a parent, single mom single dad, two kids, you have a blue collar gig where you have to be at your work, otherwise you don't get paid and they close your school down. I can't imagine. I cannot imagine. And so, you know, Jody, I, I don't even know what the the only thing I could say for unplanned expenses is, is try to remain calm, rely on your credit, rely on friends and family, try to figure it out. But I honestly, um, I'm sort of tapped on advice here because uh, maybe you have some better advice than me for some of these unplanned expenses, especially when it focuses on family and childcare. Yeah, well, the the expenses are one thing, but just the the uh, mechanics of it. You know, if you're if you're if you go to work and you drop your child off either at school or at a daycare, the school or the daycare closes. Okay, your kid is home. Um, you have to stay home. Um, okay, but now you want to be able to go back to work. So you want to hire somebody to come to your house, but you can't have somebody come to your house because of the situation that we're currently in. What the hell do you do? Um, this is, I'm kind of tapped here too, and we're not in this situation. Um, that's why I, I go back to, this is a major, major disaster with huge implications far beyond what is, what anybody has apparently ever considered before. Um, we are in, uh, I, I feel like we are in uncharted territory here. And again, I'm saying this, I'm not panicking. I am not panicking. I'm being practical. What do you do? Um, this is, this is really a, t a tough one there. And I think everybody's going to have to invent their own, their own scenario. Yeah. And, 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 and once again, I have a sign that hangs over my, my desk at home and it's, it is what it is. So the chips are going to fall where they may. And and I like to think of it as, and I prioritize this when I, in my work life, I have to stack, stack rank the prioritization of whatever I'm doing. So there's always going to be conflict in terms of what do you do, what do you tackle. So 
unfortunately, right, the you may have to, you know, you can't, if you have a three-year-old and you're a working dad or mom and they close the school, you're home. That's it, right? You can't leave the three-year-old home, right? Uh, uh, you know, if, and, and so, and you can't bring the three-year-old to work for whatever reason, like that's your stack rank, right? Like, you can't leave the kid in the car while I go to work, right? Which some people will probably wind up doing. But I think that for me, it comes down to stack ranking the prioritization. And and I think, you know, so it's a tough decision, I feel, for anyone out there who has to deal with that situation. Um, and I hope that things go well um, for them in that situation. Um, kids off from school, right? Maintaining structure, remote learning. How do we talk to kids about the coronavirus? I know me personally, my kids are out of school. Um, they're going to start their remote learning journey uh, shortly. Uh, starting on Monday, uh, the party will be over on Monday, so to speak, and the kids will have to buckle down and do their thing. Um, what is your take when it comes to all these different pieces, Jody, uh, in terms of kids off from school and how do we handle their day-to-day -day activities while they're uh, while they're home? Yeah, I I work with a pediatrician who's one of my clients, and she's offering advice. Uh, and and her her catchphrase is that you know this this is not a snow day, this is a serious situation. Um, and you can't treat it as okay. We're off of school, um, because uh, ne never mind that you know that kids are going to be involved in distance learning, which they some may may do that. Um, but you know, it's you can't even have play dates, right? You can't even have kids over the house because the health professionals are recommending that you that you still practice that social distancing, that you that you don't mix and mingle the kids because, you know, they're kids and they trade their germs and we can't be trading germs right now. We gotta keep everybody nice and healthy if they are healthy and if they aren't healthy, then we gotta uh, we gotta keep them away from everybody else. So this is a new this is like I said, new and uncharted territory, uh, certainly for us as parents. Uh, and we're gonna take this day by day. Um, but if the kids are off of school you know, some of the advice that she offers is, you know, maintain some structure. Don't just make it like Xbox all day kind of thing. Um, you know, I, I saw that Disney Plus put Frozen 2 on on the, the app, the streaming app, three months early, which I think is a brilliant marketing move by them. Um, but what happens after you've watched Frozen 2 seven times? Um, you know, and, and I was very excited to see that uh, the latest Star Wars movie came on Apple TV three days early last night. Uh, <laughs> but even though I hated it, even though I hated it, but I digress, um, you know, maintain some structure when the kids are at home. And, and if you're lucky enough to, you know, be working from home or be able to be at home with the kids and you don't have the added problem with child care, I uh, recommended that from the pediatricians and the healthcare professionals that you maintain some structure there and, you know, throttle on, throttle off with the with the remote learning, with the fun, with the going outside. You know, you still got to get the kids outside if you can get them outside because being outside is OK. It's just mixing and mingling the kids. Yep, that makes sense. Right. And I think um, I usually don't promote some of these things, but on social media, someone had posted a great little one pager and we'll post it on the website. It was the covid 19 daily schedule for the kids, right? Wake up, morning walk, academic time, creative time, chore time, quiet time. I thought it was very interesting. So we'll post that to the site and make sure people have access to that and take a look at it. Just our little passing some information along, just like we try to do with all these different things. Um, working from home. So for me, my my poor little cable router is, is, is stretching at the limits between my wife being online, I'm being online. 
My kids are now going to have to be online for work for their school. Um, but we're, 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 it's working. Um, I've, my job was very heavily dependent. And so was my wife on VPN of virtual private networks and remote access. And so for us, we were, it was business as usual. Uh, we were working from home with some level of frequency and now we've increased the frequency. But for those of you who are, who are not used to working from home and Jody, we have some mutual friends that can't even imagine being home and working from home. Right. Um, just because the you know that's not their job and and, and most of their job they, they, they got to be at work and they just love their job so much they, they they have no problem getting into the job right but this might be new uncharted territory for them right where they have to oh what happened to my remote login what hap- how do I connect to my email again so Jody what are your thoughts when it comes to working from home I think wor- working from home has a lot of challenges it sounds like you're in your PJs all day putting your feet up Um, but it is challenging when you're by yourself and even more challenging when you've got your whole family around you. Um, I think you need to do the, the same thing in terms of defining, you know, a space or a time for work and a space or a time for play. Um, as much structure as you can possibly bring to the home environment with all of that, um, is, is probably going to serve you best. Yeah, and that makes that makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, I think that you really do have to, and, and my my wife, I think we're both pretty good at it at this point. We share a room in the house that we call the home office, um, and you see it sometimes in the videos in the background, um, and it's just exactly what you would think it would be. It's just a a pile of papers with computers in between, and and it's the catch-all room, and and it's by no means a fancy room, but we we have it set up in such a way where. You know, I have my side of the room and, and she has her side. It's almost like the I'm dating myself now when, when uh, Greg and Peter and they, they cut the room in half on the Brady Bunch. It's sort of that way. My wife has one side of the room and I have the other side of the room. And Do so, you sleep in bunk beds too, Paul? Not quite. But <laughs> but it is funny when I talk about this, the more I think about it, because um, my my only rule for the house is please don't put anything on my workspace, right? Like I can't let... I can't let the the clutter I, – I need my workspace to be uh, what it is, right? But I guess that's for another podcast, right? But but anyway, I think we'll touch upon the last topic, which we talked about at the beginning, and that's the stock market. A lot of us who are listening to this podcast, who listen to the podcast, I personally um, – you know, we have retirement funds. We've talked about this over and over again. And do not liquidate. Hold tight. Always a five-year outlook. You want to make sure that you have the money in place um, and don't touch it. Now, once again, emergencies, worst-case scenarios. I go back to unplanned expenses. You're a single dad. You got to work. You have a three-year-old. The kid's home from school, school or daycare. You can't do it. Maybe you do have to tap the retirement fund. If I stack rank it, I got money. That was for my retirement, but oh well, I have to feed my family. I have to feed my kid or my kids. They're home from school. I'm going to stay home. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to tell my job. I'm going to. I need a month off, and hopefully they'll let me have my job back. And I'm going to lean into my retirement fund. I'm going to take some money out, pay the penalty. Now I'm painting the extreme conditions here, but maybe this is where we're at. So for me, unless you're in that position, I would hold tight on your portfolio, on your 401k, on your IRA accounts. I don't get caught up in the mass hysteria of the markets going up and down because you could see just from this past week, 
it goes down 2000 goes up 2000 goes down 1500 comes up 750 whatever it is um just try to let it stay there and don't touch it jody what is your thoughts when it comes to the stock market I think you said it best earlier, Paul. The people who get hurt on the roller coaster are the ones who jump off in the middle of it. So unless you must jump, I mean, certainly the the people who were who were planning to retire this month uh, might not be. Um, but um, if if you don't have to jump, just don't jump. Just sit tight. And, you know, that's the least of your worries. I really think this week it's the least of your worries. It's it will come back eventually. It's not going to come back in a month. Or maybe even six months or maybe even a year. But take the long-term outlook, like you said. Don't jump off the roller coaster while it's running. Yep, absolutely. And I think we'll, we'll, that was well said. And I'm going to jump into our, our, our recap, right? So for me, I think we have to stay calm. I keep going back to that. Try to stay as calm as you can. Uh, everyone is different. Everyone has a different level of calmness. Um, and for me, I've been able to, I think, stay calm. Once again, I have financial peace, another Dave Ramsey term. Um, so I do have financial peace, but and that has helped me with other issues in my life in terms of this crisis. Um, so now battling the fronts of getting the kids to uh, do their homework and to for me to keep up and, and stay in tune with my work, which has been which has been great. It's been pretty seamless for both me and my wife. But and also deal with the tedium of being home because people think it's great. And that you're home. Oh, I'm home. Mm, I don't know. Like, I think people start to get stir crazy. So, you know, we posted a great schedule up on the on the Financial Dads uh, uh, Facebook page. Uh, I think there's a lot of things that could be said there just kind of breaking up your time to, to try to uh, space out the day and, and get some regularity into your life while you're while you're working remotely or and dealing with this situation. But I think over, my overarching statement will be stay calm. Don't panic. Things will get better. Jody, what, what's your take to, to wrap things up today? Fully agreed, Paul. Protect yourself. This is the time to listen to the health experts. And uh, remember that when disaster strikes, you got to slow down your decision making. Going back to the stock market thing, right? You, you, don't, you don't have to jump. Um, if you're not already financially prepared for a two-week dis disruption, please do what you can to start doing that. If you need to go out and stock up on stuff, you know, do a little bit of that. Um, get your get your written budget in order. Make sure you you start planning. If you feel unprepared, get prepared. Um, mentally prepare for this. And remember that there are people all around us who are going to be suffering in one way or another, either medically, physically, or financially with their businesses or with their expenses. Um, small businesses are going to take a hit in this. You know, the pizza shops and the small restaurants and the daycares and the cleaning services, they're all going to take hits. So be mindful of that. Um, healthcare workers are on the front lines in this. They're literally risking their own lives to take care of other people. So be respectful of those people. Don't go screaming to the pediatrician or screaming to the doctor or screaming to the ER if you don't absolutely have to. Um, and remember that this will pass. Time will march on and things will get better, hopefully. But it's only going to get better if we're smart, if we do the things that are recommended by the health professionals, if we do the things that are best for us as communities, um, we will move through this and we will move through this faster. It is up to us to fix this. Uh, and above all, everybody, just stay healthy. Yep. And Jody, I, I got to say, we usually have our scripted outro, which I'm going to do. 
because I want to keep in mind that we try to we try to keep some some uh, consistency the way we do things. But I really did enjoy and thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today, right? And personally, looking forward to the next one. I think for us, this helped me prepare a little better. Hopefully, my dialogue with you helped you prepare a little better. Our forced preparedness of looking at different news articles and looking for different. Uh, the coronavirus map and stuff. So I think we've contributed a lot of great stuff onto the Facebook page this week. So take a look at those pieces, especially the kids' school schedule, the coronavirus map, the two articles that we put out there. I think for me, I'm, I'm better prepared now that I've done this podcast with you. And I hope that everyone out there who listens to it is a little bit more prepared once they listen to the podcast as well. So um, thanks everyone for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Jody reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well and thank you. (laughs) 